0: Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Good morning. It's great to see everybody. If I don't have a chance to meet you yet, my name is Samuel. And it is, it is so good to be here this morning with you guys. Before we get going, I want to just say a huge thank you to everybody who showed up yesterday for Alice's workday. So I don't know if you know this or not, but this is not Life West building. Um, we, we launched about two years ago over in the school, and our, our intention was to, to stay at the school. Everything was going great there until we had money um, and, and, and a need for it, and we'd pay cash for what we needed to do and get a building and go on from there. Well, something happened last year called COVID. You probably heard about it, right? Changed everything. We got out of the building. They're like, hey, you can't come back in. We've been, we, we went to a barn for a while. We spent the summer in a barn. Oh, yeah, maybe you were there. How many showed up at the barn once or twice? Yeah, so we had fun over there. And, and then we're like, okay, it's getting cold. We need a place. And so we reached out to ALAS, the Spanish church, that this is their facility, and we said, hey, is there an off night that we could use this? And, I, and, and we, we talked to them, and they're like, yeah, um, absolutely, you could use the building. I mean, it's, it's there to build the kingdom, so please come use it. And I'm like, yeah, because I called a lot of places and didn't get that answer. But then they're like, yeah, come. And I, I loved it that literally what they said was, the pastor was like, the building is for building the kingdom. And I'm like, awesome. I'm like, when do you think we could use it? And they're like, Sunday morning. I'm like, did you say Sunday morning? And they're like, yeah. And I said, really? They're like, yeah, we start in the afternoon because that's when when it just works in the schedule of of many of the Spanish people who come and use it in their work schedules and things. So we start in the afternoon with a lunch. I was like, that's a good idea. (laughs) Lunch in the afternoon? I don't know about that. But they said, yeah, come on in. And so they're just an amazing blessing to us. And so we got the opportunity yesterday just to show up and to help just work and do some of the things that they normally do to take care of their building, and so many of you did, it was an ab- and it was really fun, too. It was, it was so fun, so thank you for that, and again, we just want to say a huge thank you to the leadership here um, that we are. We're guests, and we're so excited to be here. We don't know exactly what's next for us. Um, we, we need space, and not so much just for in here, but for kids, We really need space for kids, and so we're kids, we're praying, we're looking, we want classrooms, we want the teachers to get more time with the students, not just teaching them, but to actually get to spend some time with them and build relationships and get to know them a little bit. Uh, We'd love to see that, but we just don't have it right now. But we are so blessed to be here. So again, thank you so much for everybody who showed up yesterday. It was, it was a lot of fun. And some of you didn't show up, but one of the things that we're getting to do to just bless the church here is next Sunday, I think this should be done next Sunday, but we're going to add some stage lights in here. And this is for Allah, so they'll have actual stage lights that we're going to bring in here. It'll help for things that are online. It'll make everything that um, anybody does in here will look a little bit nicer, especially for online. And we're just giving that to Alice. It's something that we get to do and to just be a blessing. So all of you, you're a part of that too. So thank you. And I love it because their attitude is we're just going to build the kingdom. So even if we find a building next week and God changes some things and we move and we leave, I know that that investment is going to continue and the building here is going to be used to build the kingdom. So thank you guys for making that possible. We're real excited to get to do that. But we're in a series right now that I've been absolutely loving called DIY. And really, DIY, you probably know what that is. It's do it yourself. But what we're looking at is breaking things down to simple habits and decisions. Because if you've ever tried to do something by yourself, maybe you've looked at, who looked at a YouTube video to try to figure something out before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's got somebody that they just call, like an aunt, an uncle, a grandma, dad, something like that. They're like, I just, I just call them. Like they're, they're my fix it thing. That's, that's, that's kind of how we do it. Well, we've been looking at this, and really my prayer is that you'd realize what you're capable of doing, that you wouldn't just leave it for somebody else and be like, oh, well, that's for crazy Christians, or that's for those groups, and I don't, I don't know if I can do that, but you'd realize what you're capable of doing, that you wouldn't settle for, for normal Christian, and that you would, you, you would move in, you'd realize what God's given you, and be into all that he's called you to do. And that's really what we've been talking about in this, and I've been sharing some of my many, many DIY fails throughout, throughout this. And, and the first week we said this, we said, if you want to fail at anything, just stop. Like, no matter what it is, if you want to fail, like, there's a secret to failing, just quit. Like, it <laughs> doesn't matter how close you are to the finish line, all you have to do is quit. And we read Philippians 1.6, we're like, don't quit, and we read this, and it says, and I am certain that God who began the good work in you will continue that good work until it is complete until it is finally finished. So we don't don't quit. Stand strong, don't quit. Last week we said this. God wants to help. God wants to help you. He doesn't want to be an emergency thing that you run to, but God wants to help you. Psalms 37 says this in verse 23 that the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He wants to help. So ask him. Ask for help. Ask him. He wants to be a part of it. Today we're going to continue and I want to start with another one of my DIY fail stories. Well, this one, um, I think I was pretty much in high school. And at that time, my youth group was doing some concerts. And I was the, the sound, sound guy. I was the tech guy. So I'd run around and just make sure everything works. So well, this concert came in, and they, they had all their own stuff. And they brought in their own, their own gear, and we had an, an electrician come and tie them all in because all the lights and the crazy things that they were going to do, they had to have their own power and all this stuff. And, and I'm just there kind of making sure it's okay and that they don't break our equipment. And that's not fun because we'd had that happen before, that they'd come and they'd use our equipment and turn up really loud, and then they leave, and we're like, they broke it. like, no, oh, we can't do that. So that's really my job. So I'm just there kind of making sure that things didn't break, and it was going to be really fun. So we're, we're doing this concert, and, and in the rehearsal, in the, in the practice after setup. They kept blowing a breaker, and, and so it took me, and I'd have to run around, and I'd try, try to find this thing, and then, so they moved some things around, but this breaker kept blowing. So I got on the phone, and I called the electrician that had, that had wired everything up for them, that had really tied them into our system, and I'm like, hey, um, the, the, there's something not right. We keep blowing a breaker on, on one, of these, one of these things. I'm like, I, I don't know if you tied it into the wrong thing or what, but... Can you get back here and fix it, or should I just swap out the breaker for a bigger one? But just let me know, and I hang up. Well, I, I left the voicemail. Well, he gets, he gets the voicemail, and he's like, he tries to call me back, but they're in this practice for this concert, so I don't hear him, and I don't do anything. I don't go over there, and, and really when I was, anybody ever think out loud? That's really what it was, and I was kind of just like thinking out loud while I left the voicemail. Because after I hung up, I sat there and I was like, okay, I can swap the breaker out. This is a 15. I can swap it for a 20. There's a 20 right there. I could take that one out. I could put it over there. And I'm like, mm, maybe not such a good idea. So I don't do it. I didn't do it. But about 30 minutes later, about 30 minutes later, the electrician comes running in and he's like, what breaker did you switch? What breaker did you switch? And I'm like, what? He goes, you can't just switch a breaker. He's like, you cannot do that. The breaker is matched to the wires. He goes, if you just switch a breaker, it could burn down, start a fire in the wall. The light. He's like, you cannot do that. What did you switch? And I just looked at him and I go, I didn't switch anything. He goes, you said you switched. I'm like, but I didn't. I'm like, I said I was going to. I'm like, I didn't just switch a breaker. And he's like, he, he flipped out. He just chewed me out right there. He's like, "You can't tell people that you're going to do that and then not answer your phone." And I was at home and I had to rush him. He's like, "I should have." And he, oh, he just totally, totally ripped me, because he thought that I did something. I didn't. I didn't. But he thought I swapped, just swapped the breaker because the 15 amp breaker wasn't working. Let's just put a bigger one in. No, I did not do that. I didn't. So I'm gonna be like, "Oh, good, yeah." but he thought I did. But here's the thing. I think the most dangerous areas in our life are not the things that we don't know. Because we realize we don't know them. The most dangerous areas in our life are the areas that we think we're right, but we're wrong. That's what gets us in trouble, is we think we're right, so we don't ask questions, and we just begin to do it. But really, We're wrong. We think, oh, yeah, the breaker's flipping. I'll just put a bigger one in. And we don't think about anything else down the line. Whatever area it is in our life, the the most dangerous thing, hear this, is what we believe wrong or misbeliefs, misbeliefs, because they're not even up for argument. They're not up. We don't even think about it. We don't think, well, am I right or wrong about this? We just go on with it for whatever reason, and that's just, that's just what is there. That's just what's there. And, and as you think about this, today, because of technology, there, is, there are so few roadblocks between you and your dreams, between you and what God has for you. I mean, I can, I've got the Bible on my phone, and my phone will read me the Bible. I can, just about any book I want, I can either download it or it'll show up at my door in a day or two or four. That whole prime thing is just, I don't know how many days it's supposed to be, but it doesn't work for me at all. But however many days it is. Anyway, it'll show up in a couple of days. We we can, people that you might not be able to actually sit across the table from and ask questions, we can Zoom, we, we can read their materials. It's so easy to find. Libraries have been digitized. We can download it right to it. It's, I can watch sermons and messages. M- millions, if not hundreds of millions of messages that you can just find. You're like, I need something on this. And you can go through there. There's so few roadblocks. But the truth is this. The biggest roadblock is this. It's our, it's our teachability. When I don't know how to do something... Before I tackle it, I go get help. I look at it and I'm like, this isn't right. I don't know how to fix it. Like, what am I supposed to do here? And I go get help. But when I think I know, I don't even look. Teachability, our ability to learn, will put a lid on any and every area of our life. Work, marriage, finances, relationship, doesn't matter what it is, spiritually and naturally. If we aren't teachable... It's over. The marriage where you're just like, nope, I'm right, and the one that, you know, don't raise your hands, and you married somebody who refuses to admit that they're wrong, and they've never been wrong, and if you said they were wrong, you were wrong. I mean, it's, it's just like, they won't learn. It's, it's not fun. Don't raise your hand. It's not fun. I'm not in it. I'm just saying, it wouldn't be fun. It, it would be horrible because somebody wouldn't be teachable. You'd be like, that would be awful. Any relationship like that where one person was just like, no, I'm right, you're wrong. And you're like, no, like, yep, yep, I'm right. And you thought, well, I know you didn't realize you married right all the time, you thought it was Mr. Right, and they're just always right, and it's just awkward, and like, what is that? It would be horrible. It would be horrible. We have to learn. We have to be, but if we choose to be teachable, let me just say this, if you choose to be teachable, there isn't anything that you cannot do, because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. If we choose to be teachable, there are so few things that you are not capable of doing. There are so few things. Let me just ask this. On a scale of 1 to 10, how teachable are you? How teachable are you? 1 1 is like I teach. Like I don't I don't I don't, I don't, I don't need anybody. Okay, that's 1. Okay? And then like 10 is like you would bring the teacher an apple. I don't know why people would do that or anything, but anyways, but that would be you. You'd be like, you'd be like, I love the teacher, like teacher's pet, this is my favorite, I love school, I love learning, like teach me, that's you. Somewhere between one and ten, pick a number. Everybody pick a number, pick a number. Doesn't, between one and ten, something, something like that. You don't have to say a lot, but just, just pick your number. How teachable are you? All right, now as you're thinking about that, Proverbs 3 verse 5 says this, talking about teach, teaching and learning. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Do we need to be teachable to live out that verse? Yes. Trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean not on my own understanding. Okay, I've got to learn something. I've got to learn something. I love what Moses did. Moses in the Bible, he he was a man that God had instructed to lead the children of Israel. And God's like, okay, Moses, this is what you're going to do, and you're going to lead him. And Moses cries out in Exodus 33, and he literally says this. He says, teach me your ways, O oh God. He's like, I need to know them. Teach me your ways. He didn't just say, okay, well, God called me to do this. This is the position I'm in, so I'm going to do it. He said, God, teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. So are you teachable? We, there's so little that we cannot do if we're teachable. I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago. Um, I had a I had a Ford Ranger, and I was working on this house, and they they brought a dumpster, this huge. I, I said I want you the biggest dumpster you can get, and I got it delivered to my driveway. And I was working on some stuff, and I'm like, they put it in the wrong spot. It's too far away. And I'm like, I bet I can move that. And I'm like, sure, why not? So I had this little Ford Ranger. And so I put a tow strap between my truck and this big empty dumpster. And I'm like, I bet I can move it. Well, let me just tell you, there are scrape marks in my driveway. I moved that thing. And that little Ford Ranger would not go, but it had this Ford Low thing. And I just clicked it over to Ford Low, and I hit the gas. And it was hilarious, because the truck just went, like, scrouched down. And then it just pulled that thing. And I'm like, oh, this was great. Well, that was so cool. I'm like, I want to move it again. I didn't, but I, like, I think I'm done. I think, I think, I'm, I think I'm good. And uh, I was probably like 21, 22 years old. It was just, it was just fun. Like my, my, my car actually fit in the dumpster. It was that big. And I'm like, that's just fun. And I had to know, how do I know? Because I put it in the dumpster. Anyways, <laughs> so, so I'm driving down the road a few weeks later and I'm like, that's a weird noise. And so I drive a little farther. And I'm like, that's really not. And so the back of my car just starts hopping. And I'm like, that's not good. This poor little Ford Ranger. I'm like, that's not good. And so I make it over to a um, repair shop, and I pull in, and, and the guy, as I'm driving by, the bay doors were open, and I'm, as I'm pulling in, and it must have been making a lot of noise, and so these guys come out, and they're all looking at me, and they're pointing at me, like, look at this guy in the back. So I pull in, and I come in, and the guy's like, yeah, you're rear-end shot. I knew that before you even got in here. And, and, uh, but then he tells me how much it's going to be, and I'm like, no way. And I'm like, I wonder if I can do this. And, uh, and I'm like, I wonder, what are, wonder if I could fix this thing. And so I call my uncle. And I'm like, hey, this is what's wrong with my truck. How hard is it to fix? And he's like, oh, it's not hard. You can do it. You, you, you can do it. And he goes, if you can't, just, just give me a call. He's like, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, okay, but I'm at the repair shop now. And it's like, I'm like, it's, it's messed up. Like, how do I, do I have to tow it home? And he's like, if it's messed up now, It'll be messed up more later. I was like, just drive it home if you can get it home. And he's like, if it's broken, it's broken. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. So I go slow all the way home. And it's just like, the back of the truck is bound. It's making horrible, horrible, horrible noises. I get this thing home. And a few days later, I open it up and I start working on it. I take the jacket all up. And, and, and sure enough, I, I opened up the rear diff. I took the rear diff cover off and pieces of gear just fell out. Just like one piece, it was like an inch and a half, I was like, oh my goodness, I just destroyed this thing. Well, I just kind of was like, my uncle, I was like, I know that if I need something, I just ask him. So I just kind of like opened it up and took this out and jacked it up and did this and then put some supports over here and took the axle off and took this off and then took the half axle off this way and took the diff out and I was like, I did it. I had trouble. I was like, hey, this isn't happening. And mostly for me, it's like taking things apart because I don't want to break it taken apart. I'm like, what do I do? And he's always like, just hit it with a hammer. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, hit it or torch it if it won't come off. One of those two or both. I'm like, okay. Long story short, I got the thing all the way off and got a new one and put it in and it worked. I'd never done it before, but I had somebody who would help me and who I could ask, but I knew I needed help. I knew I needed help, but I knew I had somebody who could help me. Now all of you just came up with a teachable number. All of you, you've got your teachable number. Now ask let me let me ask you this. That's your teachable number. Now, let me read this. Proverbs 6, verse 20. No, nope, we're gonna to go to Proverbs 9, 8. It says this. Do not rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Okay. Rebuke a mocker, he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man, he will love you. It's the same rebuke. It's not a different rebuke, but there's two different things that happen. One hates and the other loves. One says, I'm growing. The other one's like, leave me alone. I'll do my own thing, whatever. So let me ask you, you've got your teachable number. Okay. Now we're going to come up with another number. Same scale, one to 10. How do you respond when someone corrects you? One is the, like you just, you just manifest when somebody tries to correct you, okay? And 10 is you take it in stride. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong, but it doesn't matter what area it is, you're, you're, you're just open. Not only open, but you actually ask people to correct you. you. You seek it out. So everybody come up with a number for that. How do you respond, somewhere on that scale, one to 10, when somebody corrects you. Okay, now, are the numbers the same? Do you feel like you're teachable, but you respond like, don't touch me, get away from me? The whole manifest thing, right? Is, is, is that you? Like, where are you on that scale? Where are you on that scale? And here's why that is so important. Proverbs 6.23 says this, for this is the command is a lamp. This teaching is a light, and correction and instruction are the way of life. We, we're all going to get corrected over and over and over and over, but we need to choose to be correctable. We need to be teachable. Proverbs 3 verse 12 says, the Lord corrects those he loves. He doesn't just leave us, but he corrects those that he loves. Now, there's some things that i I didn't really want to correct in my kids because it was just kind of fun. It, it really was. For instance, one of them um, learned, really all of them, but one of them more than the other, when he learned to point, nobody told him, so he just learned to point with his longest finger. And it's just what he did. And he's like, that over there. And, da, 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 da. and he would just always point with that. And I just thought it was hilarious. And Becca's like, we've got to teach him the right way. And I'm like, no, I think it's cute. And she's like, he's got a little old for that to be cute. He should know what that means. And, and, and we homeschool, so he's a little bit extra sheltered. So he doesn't have a whole lot of other people being like, you can't do that. He doesn't see it every day. And I was kind of proud of that fact because like, that means I'm a, a, I'm a good driver. I'm like, we don't get that a lot. We don't, we don't want to get that very often. I'm like, so he doesn't see it, and I thought it was kind of cute, and Beck's like, fine. And she's like, no, we've got to put a stop to that. I'm like, okay, fine. So we corrected him in that. But here's, here's what the Bible says. The Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects the child in whom they delight. God corrects us. He's going to correct us. And here's the thing. How many of you want God to correct you? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're like, I, I need God's correction in my life. I want it. All right. Now think of this. God, how, how does he correct? God uses people. How many of you still want that correction? You're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe you've heard the same, but constructive criticism is when I correct you. Deconstructive criticism is when you correct me. <laughs> like, it's just, there's, there's two kinds, and that's just, that's just the two kinds, that's how it is. But if we will choose to be teachable, then we, think of it this way, Teachability equals our usability in the kingdom of God. We want to be used by God. Then we need to be teachable so that he can use us. If we want to keep doing the things that we've always done, we're going to get the same results that we've always got. But if we say, God, I'm open to you. Not only am I open in the areas that I know I need you, but God, in the things that I think I've already figured out, correct me. I want to be used by you. I want to. So lead me and correct me in any and every area. If we're teachable, there is, all, there is so little that we cannot do. That when God lays on our hearts, those things that he's asked you to do, those dreams that he's put inside you, that you're like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to, or how will I get there? If we'll just choose to be teachable, allow people to teach, allow people to correct and really, really seek it out. We need to seek it out. I like what it says in Proverbs, talking about teachability. Proverbs 20, verse 5 says this. Through good advice lies deep, though good advice lies deep in within the heart, a person with understanding draws it out. Here's what that verse is really talking about. People with the answer... And maybe even the answer that you're looking for right now, that question that you're like, I need the answer to this, that growth, that strategy, that thing, whether it's in marriage and business and life, spiritual, that thing there. The people that have the answers don't just walk around and be like, I've got the answer, and just giving it to you. The Bible says this, a person of understanding will draw it out. Advice that was not asked for is seldom heeded. It's something that we have to ask for. We've got to be open. We've got to ask for it. So often people we we just don't give don't give answers. People don't just look at you and say, "Oh, this is something that's not going well." You got to say, "I'm so teachable, but let me just ask you. Have you asked people do you have people that you have asked to speak into your life, to call you out?" We were uh, we were playing a game. We were at this uh, we were at church and there was a uh, like a carnival style game and it was uh, it was called pit stop and they had this couple of, they, had, they had two tires and the game was who could you'd go in a competition against somebody else and you'd see who could change the tire the fastest i think it had like four lug nuts and it had a pneumatic gun and so you would just take the nuts off and then you'd you'd put them back on and and whoever could do it the fastest won and so a coworker's like hey hey Samuel, get over here let's race let's race and I'm like, I oh, don't want to. He's like, let's race, let's race. And um, he, he was, he was one, of the, one of the musicians. And I'm like, you're a musician. Like, no, like I'm going I'm to smoke you. Like, no, you don't want to race me. And he's like, no, come on, come on. And I'm like, okay, fine, fine. So we go over there. And, and they had these pneumatic guns. And, and so the guy's got the little stop clock. And he's like, all right, are you guys ready? And before we started, I'm like, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. I'm like, I'm going to smoke this guy. And, and so we go to get started, and uh, so we get down, there's, the, there's a tire already on this thing, and we've got these four lug nuts, the pneumatic guns, I'm like, okay, we got it. So we just, we get, the guy says, go, and we go, and I just, I, I'm working, I take the wheel off as, as fast as I can, by the time I get the wheel off, I see he's already putting his wheel back on. And I'm like, he's about to smoke me, and then I'm like, wait, nope, it's about to get good, because I knew what was going to happen, I knew exactly what was going to happen next. So he starts to put the wheel on, I get mine on, and I take each lug and I put all four lugs on just a little bit, and I take the gun and I just, and I'm done. And he's over there and he's all like trying to get it done, and he's like, it broke, it's broke. He's like, it's not working right, it's broken. And he puts down the gun and stops. Some of you maybe know already exactly what happened, but he tried to put on every lug nut with the pneumatic gun. He just put it in the gun and tried to put it on, and he stripped out three of the four studs. I knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I didn't tell him because I wanted to beat him. But I knew that was going to (laughs) happen. Because the very first brake job I ever did, the first lug nut that I went to put back on, I was like, I've got a tool. I'm going to use a tool. I love tools. And so you want to know what I did to the first brake job I ever did? Oh, I destroyed that lug nut. Oh, I destroyed that stud. I just just sat there. It wouldn't go on, so I just gave it more power, (laughs) trying to tighten that thing. Oh, I I had to snap it off. It was awful. But I learned, and I knew, and I looked at him, and I'm like, he doesn't do this all the time. I'm like, I know what's going to happen. And I was right. Now, honestly, if he had asked, it's a competition. I wouldn't have told him. I'm like, no, I'm going to beat you. This is great. And the guy's like, uh, that was doing it, he, he kind of knew that stuff happened all the time. So he just pounded out the, the studs and put in, he had some spares. He put in some new ones. I think they go through them quite often. But in life, we need to realize that people around us with answers so seldom just spit them out. Maybe you know somebody who like, you're like, I have an answer, but they haven't asked. And I won't tell. I'm not going to tell them. Because maybe you're like, I've had answers and I've given them and people do not, they don't, they don't like it. They, they, they just do not like it. But if when we're open and correctable, it makes such a difference. I was talking with a couple and early on in their marriage, they had somebody come live with them for, a couple, for, for quite a while. I think it was about, uh, it was over a month. I know that. And at the end of the month, the house guest Left and the house guest gave the husband a note, and in the note, he wrote out a couple of things that he saw in their relationship, and he's like, just like, hey you need to change this, and, you, and I see this, and you're doing this to your wife, and I, this, is, this is rude, and this. And I, I don't, they didn't give the details, but there's kind of a list of like nine or ten things that this person saw in the relationship. And, and the guy gets this list, and he rips it up, throws it away, and goes and really just kind of rips the guy for doing it. And it's like, I opened my home to you, and this is what you do, and no, uh, no. And she's the one that told me the story. She goes, I walked over to that list. She's like, and I looked at it, and she's crying. And she's like, every single one of those things was dead on. And she's crying. She's like, that was 25 years ago. That list is still true today. (laughs) Can you imagine that? At the very beginning of this relationship, the very beginning, somebody, somebody was there and was like, hey, I see this, 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 and this, but because somebody was not teachable, and it didn't come, I I think it rarely comes in the form that we want it to. It rarely comes wrapped really nice from somebody that we admire, from somebody that we look up to and think, wow, they'd be great. It comes from somebody who just, they see that one thing in us, and they're like, hey, that they can offer help. It's, so, it's never fun to be corrected. But I, I can't help but look and just think, where would that marriage be today? How much better would that marriage be 25 years later? If that person had just been like, thank you. Had taken that list and even just prayed about it. <laughs> and had just been like, okay. Or, or had gone to their wife and said, is any of this true? They see this. I don't. Is any of this true? But they didn't. They didn't. We need to choose to be teachable. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And it's good. Jesus says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. But it's going to require that we grow, that we change. And that's going to require that we're teachable. And if we choose to be teachable, let me just tell you, there's practically nothing There's so few things that you cannot do if you're willing, and if you're willing to seek out help, to seek out people, and maybe one of the ways you can do that is getting in a small group and getting to know some people. Maybe you're like, I don't have anybody in my life that knows anything about me. Get in a group. Get to know some people, and then maybe after a while, don't go day one and be like, this is what it is, but maybe get to know some people, and maybe one or two people in that group, you're like, you know, I really admire the way that you're doing this or that. I have done that so many times, so many times. Several years ago, there was was somebody at church that I was like, wow, this is when I was at my dad's church and, and we were there, I was like, you've got some amazing girls. I said, you have some in college, you have some high schoolers, you've got some grade schoolers, and I'm like, they're all amazing. I said, can I just take you to lunch and talk about raising girls? I said, I've got two. And I'm like, and honestly, they kind of scare me a little bit. I'm like, just because I want to do everything right. I said, can I take you to lunch? And he's like, absolutely. And so we sat down and I had a list of about 25 things that I just wanted to ask him over lunch. And I said, okay, what are some things? And, and, and I asked, and of course then the very last question is, what's the question that I don't even know to ask, that I should have asked? And I just asked him some questions about how he raised his girls and what he did. And, and, and he's like, oh, well, we do this and we don't do this. And we made sure we didn't do that. we got a lot of flack for this. But now our kids appreciate it that we did that. And he kind of just went through this whole list with me. I said, thank you. And at the very end, I said, hey, could we maybe do this again? And he's like, oh, absolutely. What are you thinking, next week? And I'm like, no, 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 Like maybe next year or something like that. I said, but I would love to be able to do this again because today this is super helpful. I said, but I'm just going to bet that my my 20 questions, my 25 questions are going to be completely different next year. He's like, absolutely, go for it. There's another guy, when when we were homeschooling, we are homeschooling the kids, we were starting that and kind of figuring that out. It was all new to us and new to Becca. And there was another guy that was in church who... Their kids had already, were, all, were already grown up. And so I, they had homeschooled and done a lot of what we were doing and, and we're like, I don't know if we're gonna keep doing this but we're gonna do it for now and we'll see. So I just, I did the same thing. I said, hey, can we go out to lunch? And so I called him up. He's like, yeah, absolutely. So we went out to lunch and I had some questions. I said, hey, how did this work and what are some of the things that really helped and make that and how did your marriage thrive while you still do this and how did you separate it and, and you kind of had your business and what did this do? And I asked him question after question after question. And then I asked him at the very end the same two questions. Number one is, what's the question I should have asked that I didn't? And I said, hey, would you mind doing this again? He said, anytime. And sometimes it's just phone calls where I'm like, hey, real quick, what about this? But it's something that I want to seek out. Because, man, I've got five amazing kids. When I look at them, I'm like, I, I know, I, I need help. I need help. I look at my amazing wife and I'm like, I, I don't want to screw this up. I've already made so many mistakes. I want to get it right from here. What else can I do to do it right? I look at the call that God has on my life and my kids life and every single one of you, and I'm like, wow, the impact that we're going to have in the kingdom if we do this right. We have to be teachable. We have to be teachable, not just in the areas that we know are lacking, but because again, the most dangerous area is not that because we know it's the areas where we think we've got it right. So This is what I hope you do after today. I hope that you look at that touch of, that how easily corrected you are and how you respond to that. That that teachability number lines up with how easily corrected you are. That you maybe correct that and then you decide that you're going to be teachable. And that you find some people that maybe you look up to spiritually. I've got four different pastors that I call. I'm like, hey, I'm wondering about this. And what do you think about this? And actually, I'm teaching on this. Do you know of any good teaching? Or have you done it recently after I've already gone through all their podcasts and see what I could find in there? I'm like, do you know any resources on this that would really help me or teach me or that I could learn in this? Four different pastors that I call. Because I know I need help. I need so much help. The things that, I'm I'm like, God, I need you. Let me just say this. What God has for you is bigger than you. It's great. He said, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. But for you to do it, let me tell you what it's going to take. It's going to take you being teachable. But let me just say, if you'll choose to be teachable, there's like nothing. There's practically nothing that you cannot do. There's no mountain that you can't get over. And let me just say this. You did not mess it up. You didn't ruin it. That gap, that thing that happened, the thing that you did, whatever it is, God still wants to use you. He hasn't abandoned you in any way, shape, or form. But if you'll choose to be teachable, God wants to use you, and he's going to do mighty things through you. But maybe you're here today, and and then the correction that you need is a course correction. Because you've been living for yourself, you've been doing your own thing, but today you just need to give it to God. Before we go, I want to give you that opportunity. So would everybody, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? As we're here today, if you say, that's me, I need the correction that I need is to just change courses and to give my life, my heart to him. I've been chasing after my own thing. I've been going my own way. But today I want to give him my heart, my life. I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free. I want to know that my sins are all gone. I want to walk in his peace and begin to live out the plan he has for me. If that's you, I'd love the honor of praying with you. And when we say amen, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. That you're on your way to heaven begin to walk out that relationship with him. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands. Just lift a hand in just a minute and then right in your seat, we're going to pray when we say amen, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. If that's you, get ready. One, Two, three. Right now, lift it up high. Say, that's me. And today I'm changing my course. I'm going to know where I stand with God. I'm going to walk out that relationship with him. Awesome. Awesome. Let's put those hands down. And here's what I want to do. We're going to pray. Those that lifted your hands, as you say these words, make them your own. Say them from your heart. And everybody else, let's just say this out loud with those that lifted their hands. Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me for shedding your blood so I could be free. Forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I choose you. Come rule and reign in my life. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.